Hello and welcome to Quad of War, Season 2, Episode 8. I'm Christy. And I'm Dan. Hello. Hello. And it's been, what, it's probably been about, I think, five or six weeks since we um, did the last one. We delayed because of Gamescom, and I'm not entirely sure it was worth delaying. So, um, yeah, let's just talk about what we've been playing, shall we? Yes, that's probably a good idea. Um, I've had a good old month and a bit of games. I finally finished The Last of Us 2, which I loved. Well, I say loved. It's tricky to play in some areas. It makes it difficult for you to play certain bits, but that's because it's so good at linking up or making you feel the emotions of what's going on. And it's it's a fantastically impressive game in that regard, in the way it uses the story to play around with your emotions and how you think about what's going on in the game. And actually more in games in general as well. It took me just over 40 hours to complete, which is, for this sort of game, is a long time. I tended to... um, rinse areas of goodies every time before I moved on Um, but that's a fair old sizable chunk considering the quality it didn't have Kadama in it did it no (laughs) Um, there was collectibles but I didn't go back for all of the collectibles (laughs) one of the things I'm looking forward to in next gen is them not having to design levels that have bits that push you forward and you can't go back again just because they want uh, to, sh- yeah. to stream data forward. <laughs> yeah, the the mysterious unclimbable ledge that you have to yes. drop, drop down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd thoroughly recommend it. It's one of my favourite games of the generation. And just what it, what it does and how it does it is very, very clever and subtle in a lot of ways. Um, thoroughly recommended. Good. I still can't bring myself to play it. I think. <laughs> I think now it's. I noticed you talking about this uh, on the forum the other day as well. Is I think this is now. It's now on my backlog for PS Five. Yes. Now I've got it done. Then um, everything else big that I still haven't managed on PS Four is um, waiting for PS Five, and I'm tidying up smaller titles. <laughs> I won't see so much of a change. I think it and Krista Tsushima mm-hmm. are the ones that are lined up for early PS5 upgrades. Yeah. And then we'll see how far back they go through and how many just get upgraded or play better simply through backward compatibility. Well, there's. I mean, we've just had, had this, they learned this week that The Witcher 3 is getting a full upgrade for free. Yep. So that's quite nice pressure considering we've got, you know, the assets of the publishing world trying to tell control. us that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Control's just terrible. And it's, you know, I, I feel sorry for the developers because this is all on the publishers. Yeah. Um, I uh, think for the most part, we've seen um, most people are offering free upgrades then you've got the cods of this world where you have to pay an extra 10 quid with yeah. bizarre it works this way on playstation but not on microsoft bizarreness so control managing to come out worse than activision and <laughs> call of duty is quite impressive really <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it is there's there's a lot of yeah, publishers showing their true colours right now, it has to be said. But yeah, I mean, as long as you've got 
CD Projekt and uh, you know a few other kind of biggish developers pointing out that this is it's not necessary uh, you can do it the fair way a consumer friendly way it's not as though CD Projekt are losing money doing this their sales will increase yep you know and it, it just seems I don't know it's starting. It gets on my nerves a little bit the the way that some of these publishers are milking the the cross gen period. It, it seems worse than it has been in the past. Yes. On a lighter note, mm-hmm. one of the games of the month and games of games du jour at the moment is Four Guys, which ah, um, fabulous. Just an utterly brilliant idea for a game and so well executed. Yeah. And we should humble brag and also recuse ourselves here as well um, <laughs> by saying, well done, Rory. Uh, te- technical lead is our mate, Rory. Uh, who did, as it, this is the second time I've had somebody I know do this to me, where you're like, this is, a, you know, you talk about a game and they're like, oh yeah, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> the last one was, uh, the one previously was a friend of mine was a storyboard artist on Aliens Isolation, or Alien uh. Isolation, I should say. Um, I was sat at coffee and he was saying he had a job offer to, I don't know, I think it was maybe go to Spain and uh, to to take a chance on a game. It wasn't like, it seemed a bit weird. But anyway, I was like, oh, you might want to avoid that. Games can be very crunchy, you know, it's it's very difficult working environment, all this kind of stuff, giving him the gamer lecture. And then he was like, yeah, I know. I was a storyboard artist on Alien Isolation, and I'm like, "What? I've known <laughs> you for two years, and you never—you know I'm a gamer." Um, <laughs> so yeah, Peck and Dark Horse. Well done, Rory. Fall Guys yes. is amazing, and it was actually one of the highlights of Gamescom, which <laughs> we'll come on to later. <laughs> yeah, as I as I said then, Fucking Viking. <laughs> Um, what else have I been playing? I've been playing Undermine on the Xbox, which came to Game Pass this month, last month, mm-hmm. August anyway. And it's a little bit of a roguelite dungeon crawler but with elements of, say, Dead Cells and kind of a feeling or look of Spelunky in some respects. Because right. you have like little bombs that you place in places and things like that. Um, but it it's tied together and works really nicely so you've got kind of a similar core gameplay loop to dead cells where you keep repeating things and gradually sort of build up experience of playing um, and more options etc but in this one you always keep some of the money you've grabbed and then can spend that money on upgrades that you keep so each time you're gradually getting better and better as a character as well as knowing how to handle things but it it treads the nice fine line between challenging but making you feel like you've gained something with each playthrough yeah rather than oh shit i've got to start from the beginning again (laughs) (laughs) so that's been really enjoyable i've also played grounded which is one of the have you i've been kind of I've been wanting to play it, but then I saw somebody say, this is great, but leave it till it's done. I think in terms of story and stuff, 
there's not a huge amount there yet. Mm-hmm. So structure-wise, but I've just played it a few times with a group of friends on Xbox that I play on a Wednesday night with, and um, one of the guys had got reasonably far. So we started it together, um, just played around a bit, discovered a few things, explored a bit, built a couple of little lean-tos and rested overnight a couple of times. And then the next week we came back to it and he said, yeah, I've got four bases now. (laughs) (laughs) And so joined him again and we, we explored a bit more. He took me on a tour of his bases and we took on some spiders and then we took on a spider that was too big for us, which was joined (laughs) by another spider. Don't talk to me about spiders. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's actually got an arachnophobe mode. Which I'm not it? quite sure what it does, but I don't know. Replaces <laughs> spiders with fluffy unicorns. Not sure. Yeah, well, I've seen that. I've seen that in other games. Um, that I'm sure I saw one game that had an arachnophobe mode and replaced the spiders with fluffy kittens. Ah, nice. But yeah, it's good fun. Controls well, looks good on Xbox One X and is nicely featured for this sort of game for something that's early access and it was a bit of a side project for Subsidian isn't it it is yes who have been making the Outer Worlds and those expansions so yes and the final one I've been playing this month is The Last Campfire it's chilled nice little puzzles all self-contained and a lovely story that's narrated by Rachel August I remember Mm -hmm. her name and she's kind of got Icelandic, I think she's Icelandic or not half Icelandic, half Norwegian, or Icelandic yeah. Norwegian does voiceovers, but it's just it's a little. I've, a friend of ours described it as Bjork um, narrating the game for you, and it's similar, um, and it just yeah. fits, fits so nicely with the, with the game. It's just really really nicely done, and I finished and platinumed it. Nice last night. Never had a platinum. <laughs> it's quite well. I missed one of the collectibles, but it didn't track that in terms of platinum, so I was quite pleased with that. (laughs) I managed all the puzzles, saved all the people, did the end, did all the little bits. It was just a joy to play. And it's what um, John was saying, it's developed by four people. Yeah, I mean, the the, the core development team was four people, obviously. When you watch the credits, there's like QA and um, translations and stuff stuff like that on top of it but the core game was four people which is it's very impressive yeah it was a little side project from hello games who are yeah more famous for no man's sky yeah but it's it's worth remembering they did i don't know if you'll remember this they did a, like a little a fun little cartoony trials clone called joe danger so so they've got form in that kind of endearing kind of small game type uh area of of game development so yeah it i mean it wasn't a it, it was it was really nice to see them doing something else other than no man's sky much as i love no man's sky yeah but it, but it wasn't a massive surprise to see it come out it was a surprise to see it getting dropped because it got dropped quite quickly didn't it it was like they basically said it's coming out today and that was it yeah um which was which was quite yeah. nice yeah, there's it a lot was- of that going on just now it was only twelve pounds as well. Jeez. Yeah, absolute bargain. I think it took me about six hours to play through. All right, okay. 
in terms of what I've been playing, it's, it's I've been doing my typical gaming butterfly uh, stuff, but um, <laughs> the big one, it's, aside from getting scared uh, by spiders when I'm playing with you on a Monday night, which if you haven't seen on on the the Twitch account, you need need to go and see because I do scream like a girl um, at least I'd, twice. I'd say it was actually a proper man scream. <laughs> <laughs> It's um, not a kind of a, it's a real proper, it was so well done that level. Well, that was, it, that was a hell of a frustrating level. Um, it was. It was outrageous, but the, the jump scares were very well done. Yeah. So Neo 2 has been fun. It's been fun streaming it actually. I've been enjoying that. So, so that's good. We'll probably keep going with that. The thing that really impressed me this month was Mortal Shell. Uh, which, if people don't know, Mortal Shell is a, a Souls-like, which is so like Dark Souls, it's almost breathtaking, and it's um, you just think they can't get away with that. Um, <laughs> but they do enough in there that's different to get away with it, in my opinion. They do an awful, an awful lot of it incredibly well. And actually, it's relatively short. I think I did it in about 20 hours. Which compared to like a from a software Dark Souls game is like it's incredibly small beans, but it was quite refreshing to kind of get through it at that speed. The combat was really very well done. Uh, there's this really quite innovative mechanic where instead of a block, you've got this thing they call hardening, where you basically turn your body to concrete, and it you can hold it forever until you take a hit. Um, at which point you're you're no longer kind of concreted and and you can start fighting again, and there's a lot of tactical nuance to that because you can do that any point in any animation. So you could be in the middle of swinging towards the enemy and then harden up, and then take a hit, and then as you take the hit, you'll go come back to life again and continue with your swinging animation and hit them then. So there's lots of really interesting kind of little nuances mm. with that, which are absolutely fascinating, actually, and I really enjoyed that. Also very stylish as well. There's um, a, num a number of shells you can get. Are they called shells? Yeah, so you don't really... that You can't. You don't really have like a build system like in from software's games or most other souls likes <laughs> what you do is you find the shells which are there's four of them dotted around the first area and they are effectively your class so yeah. you have a tanky shell or a a kind of stealthy shell and and stuff like that and they vary in terms of the skill upgrades they've got their the the amount of uh, stamina they can uh, use compared to the health that they use as well so it's a, it's a really interesting setup it keeps it quite simple but yeah i i really enjoyed that immensely uh i'm losing my voice hang on um so yeah that was a nice surprise um, i was expecting to have to go into full edgelord mode uh, to be able to play it um full long leather jacket <laughs> type but um yeah it, it was it was good i i did really enjoy that so that was my nicest surprise this month. Aside from that, I played a little bit of a game called Windbound, which looks like Zelda, <clears throat> plays a little bit more like a roguelike, and uh, has a really, really intriguing stately mechanic, which is very fun 
because uh, it's quite accurate in the way it works. Uh, and very deep crafting as well, because it is a full-on survival game, unlike Zelda. Uh, so <clears throat> that was quite good. Um, I put out, what was it, last week I put out a top five games video for uh, for September. And in it, I say uh, a war- there's a warning at the end, which goes along the lines of, just a warning, Marvel Avengers may be a stinker because uh, of the monetization <laughs> strategies we might get into that later and then a day later my daughter comes down the stairs excited as you like because of Kamala Khan in in Marvel Avengers and I'm like I can't deny my daughter <laughs> the chance you know this is her hero I've played all my heroes um, how could I do that I'd be a complete bastard. So we ended up getting the damn game, and and it's it's actually quite good. <laughs> I, ah. I'm sure the monetization stuff is a problem, you know. I, but the actual single player game, I'm having a real blast with. Uh, playing as the Hulk is superb. They've done a really good job with it all. So, yeah, um, <laughs> I had to eat humble pie. Uh, because it turns out actually they've done a good job with it. So how does playing single player work? Do you play as a party well, of heroes? Or do you kind of keep switching So roles? far what I've done is played as each hero, but you can take companions with you. So a companion is an AI, yeah, and you can choose which one you take with you. But you can also do it online, a bit like Destiny. But there's no so far there's no open world element. So it's okay. you choose a mission and then you know it match makes you with other in quotes heroes, uh, and it, it I haven't tried that at all. I've just stuck to single player so far. And then where does where does the microtransactions well, come in then? So this is the weird bit, right? So they have plans for an extensive set of releases of new characters. Yeah, each character will require you to purchase a battle pass for each character and those battle passes are worth ten dollars um however it looks like you can earn enough of the currency that you use to buy battle passes by playing the single player game so i'm not entirely sure okay that it's that egregious but they've not done a good job of explaining it. So, what can you then do with these new characters? Play through the same stuff you've already played through. Well, I think the, the well, each character has its own set. What they call iconic mission chains. Okay. So I don't know if these are going to be like well written and and acted stories for each one. Yeah. Uh, but so far they have been. So yeah, I, it doesn't seem as bad as I thought. <laughs> I think it's it's intriguing, yeah. And and you know, you get to play as your heroes. So, I, in the end, I couldn't resist. Other than that, WRC nine. Uh, I, I was always going to get WRC nine. I thought eight was great. Nine is essentially more of the same in terms of handling. It's actually improved quite a lot. You can really feel the weight of the uh, the car shifting through the wheel uh, if you're using a wheel. So, I mean, it's, there's not much else to say about it. It's a really good rally simulation. It's a shame, I think, that they've lost the WRC license 
just when they're really hitting their stride. That seems a great shame. But on the other hand, it does mean that uh, we could end up getting a WRC game with the Dirt Rally engine, which would possibly be quite impressive. So it's a tough one, that one. Uh, what else have I played? There was one other game. Oh, yeah, Spellbreak. Have you seen Spellbreak? I've downloaded it, but not started it yet. <laughs> yeah, so Spellbreak is intriguing. It's I think we ended up describing it as as a battle royale for old folk because <laughs> it's not twitchy at all and the time to kill is quite long so you you end up staying alive in the game for a fair amount of time you end up being able to get away if you're in a battle that you can't ha- handle and it's more about placement and tactics and combining the spells you have it it plays weirdly it plays like back in the old halo two days Remember all the multiplayer uh, maps had these anti-grav lifts that you would jump up yeah, uh, and then you'd be aiming down with your rocket launcher type thing. It plays like that, but an entire game. Um, and I, I have to say, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> I love those maps. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah, it's it's good fun. There's quite a lot to it. And it's also fully cross-play, cross-save, cross-progress right from the start excellent and it's on switch ps4 pc xbox one butter smooth on the switch even nice it's really good um and that comes a bit of a surprise because i i looked at it was curious about it because you know wizards but it's uh it's it's really, really quite... It surprised me. Um, oh, yeah, and one last thing. I'll only briefly mention it. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, it's amazing. Um, it's like it's like the ultimate nostalgia trip where you're not disappointed <laughs> when you actually see what it used to look like. Yeah, they've somehow managed to make two of the best games ever made actually a little bit better than they were. And they, you know, most of the music is there. Uh, there's some new music which is really good. Some of the new music isn't, but you've got a playlist where you can uncheck the tracks you don't like. And it's been I've played it a couple of hours over the weekend, and it it's been a blast. And the combos are coming back, and uh, the muscle memories are almost back. And I, I I'm getting some of the kind of high scores, pro scores, and things like that that. I used to be proud of getting back in the day. They're coming back as well. So, nice. yeah, that's that's nice. And uh, I'm just waiting for Activision to ruin it a month in. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's so far been a blast. It's been an amazing weekend for gaming, actually. I was going to say, you do seem to have been buying a new game every couple of days. <laughs> it's ridiculous, I know. I'm going to try and not do that for the rest of this month, I think. We'll see if I manage. Microsoft Flight Sim is worth taking a a bit of a uh, look at now. Available just on PC, but available via Game Pass. Yeah. And it's done incredibly well in terms of reviews and feedback, Um, as long as you're not one of those naysayers going on. But it's not a game. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kotaku. <laughs> um, I haven't played it. I don't think my laptop would quite 
manage it, but it mm. has had me looking at new PC specs. <laughs> yeah, it's the crisis of this gen. <laughs> it is. Uh, it pushes. So I've got a reasonably good gaming laptop, and it pushes it quite hard. Uh, but it is glorious. I have to say, the worst, the single worst installation experience I've had in well over a decade. It was terrible. Um, it took about, I think it took me 30 hours to get it installed. Nice. And it, it was just horrendous. And it was like, it would hang, you'd have to restart. It would hang again, you'd have to restart. And it was like, to the point where um, you, you literally had to watch the loading bar. Because if you didn't, then you could lose a couple of hours of loading time from not having been it. it it restarted it when you know as soon as it crashed it was just horrendous i hated the the installation experience however it was worth it after that because basically you've got the planet at your at your feet and it's really quite impressive it's it can be disappointing in some ways you know i the first thing i did uh i've got some history with the fourth rail bridge i did a very long project on it as a photographer uh, so the first thing I did was try and find it. Couldn't find it. Day later, I discovered it was underwater. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the the AI is a weird and flaky thing. Uh, Knock Hill. I went to fly over Knock Hill. Knock Hill has a massive housing scheme on the start finish line. <laughs> <laughs> it's interpreted. So, has it got like a stand or something along the start finish line? Uh, no, but there. I think it's probably the garages. Uh-huh. It's just interpreted that and put it on the. It's weird. I really don't quite understand. <laughs> um, I think, it's but a... other times it looks amazing. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, the other one was I went to did this on Twitch. I flew to Edinburgh Castle, <laughs> which apparently <laughs> is a modern block of flats. <laughs> the planning permission they went through for that. <laughs> yeah and it seems to turn uh, it's turned an awful lot of things in Fife into Soviet gulags uh, so I'm not quite sure what's going on with the AI but it needs oh yeah yeah and the Dornoch Bridge near where I grew up that's half underwater and half not somehow I think it, the, the what it manages to do with the AI I mean giving you the entire planet um, is such a technical marvel that you've got to accept a few things aren't quite oh going to be yeah. right. Yeah. Um, what um, was funny was Stu was like, oh, I'm seeing everything perfectly. <laughs> I, it's absolutely perfect. I flew around my house, looks exactly right. Turns out where he lives is one of two places in the UK where they actually use the proper photogram- photogrammetry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, Stu? <laughs> <laughs> mm. but yeah it's a it's a wonderful experience it's incredibly relaxing like outrageously so uh i've you know if i've had a stressful day uh it's my go-to thing to chill me out so yeah it's and and also it's it's a great source for satisfying curiosity ah. as well you know you wonder where so it was like a hey, alex on the site was talking about uh, he flew over Monza 
Yes. And then ended up flying over the Alps. As <laughs> <laughs> you do. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's that's the kind of thing. It's like getting an idea for the landscape of these places that you're curious about. Yeah, it's the sort of thing that like my mum has always loved geography and like always been engrossed in maps. And if she wasn't like hadn't just turned seventy, I think I'd probably be able to persuade her to do this. And it's the sort of thing that I think a lot of people would love if they could get over the kind of stigma of being a gamer. Yeah. It's slightly ironic that Microsoft have managed to chuck out one of their best reviewed games in years. And it's for the PC, not the Xbox, so far. Yeah. Well, um, and it's, it's on, it you know it's on Game Pass as well. So yeah. Game Pass is their console. That's that's the thing they're selling. Yeah, I, I really believe. What is interesting is because you know we've just started that discussion about games of the generation uh, on the site, and I was thinking about do we class Flight Sim twenty twenty as a game of this generation or of next? Ah, PCs don't have generations so much yeah they, they get held back to an extent by the target audience of where they can realistically aim games yeah and what most people will have rather than what's the best available because yeah not, not everybody can spend that much on a gaming pc yeah exactly um but to me it feels like it's something that's not it it feels like a generational shift. Yeah. Um, Flight Sim twenty twenty. And you know, they've they've said it's coming out on Xbox, but the word Xbox has become a really fluid yes. word. Yeah. And they they advertise it using Xbox at the start. This yeah. is on Xbox, but it's Xbox Game Pass for PC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, what is it that it's gonna be out on? If not PC, is it going to be Xbox One X? I I actually have my doubts. I do as well. I think that the, that was possibly the original plan. They can. I don't think they can do it on Xbox One X, but not on Xbox One. Yeah, I think they committed to not putting anything on Xbox One X that would be exclusive. Or at least there was the implication that same with the PS4 Pro. Um, it's just a super version of the older machine. Yes. So whilst it could possibly do a reasonable job of it, I have to wonder whether it's only ever going to be on Xbox Series. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Game Pass and possibly Cloud. Yeah. Ironically. <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, do you... So quite often it, you hear people talking about the game stuttering and it being a, a real kind of punishing your system. I think a lot of the time when it's stuttering, it's certainly in my case, it's bandwidth yeah. because it uses cloud compute to bring in a lot of live data. And and it's like a hell of a lot. And I, I, it feels like it's stopping to load more info in from the internet rather than like dropping frames as such. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, it's momentary pauses while it gets more data in. And so it, it'd be interesting to see if actually it running on the cloud will will ease that or not. Because that data is then 
being dragged into the server that Microsoft is running rather than on my system at home. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's a, just a seriously stunning, impressive game. Um, the the thing that I find very intriguing, though, is the underlying tech they're using to describe the world uh, has much more potential than just to fly around it. Yes. So, you know, when they managed to teach the AI to properly recognize, recognize roads. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they do have cars and things like that running around these roads. It's quite fun to watch, especially when they go underwater on a bridge. <laughs> uh, um, but, yeah, you've got, like, can you imagine, like, Test Drive Unlimited being truly unlimited? And, yeah, stuff like the crew, but the whole world proper size. Yeah, exactly. Or, I don't know, you, you know, truck driving sims. You know, we're, you're kind of doing that with flight sim anyway. A lot of people just fly established commercial routes. I don't quite understand why. <laughs> um, I, I'd like to really explore. But anyway, they do that. And, you know, a truck sim would be using this tech. You can't. I can't imagine they're not thinking about that. No. Um, so yeah, the the potential for this beyond just flying around the world is is intriguing to say the least. There's an awful lot they could be doing. Right. So this kind of what we've just been discussing neatly segues into what's going on with next gen. Yeah. So we're we're what eight to twelve weeks away from these machines releasing. Yeah, and we know nothing about release date. <laughs> So this is where I have to step in. I'm now editing this uh, about a day after recording and woke up this morning to discover that Xbox had actually announced prices for the Series X plus the existence of the Series S. So now everything that we talked about for the next, I don't know, five minutes plus various occasions throughout the rest of the podcast is out of date. Thanks, Microsoft. Uh, For the record, um, the Xbox Series X is going to be $499. We know that the Series S looks incredibly cute. And actually, I kind of instantly want one because it's the smallest Xbox so far. And I think it looks lovely. It's going to have ray tracing. It's going to have an SSD. It's going to have uh, what looks like dynamic upscaling, which is actually probably the bigger deal. Um, and that looks like it's going to be, t- uh, well, that is going to be $299, which is £249, which actually is quite important. That's really, really cheap for proper next-gen performance, especially if you don't really care about 4K or 8K uh, images. Um, That's quite big. But anyway, now that we've got that out of the way, which is really exciting news, let's carry on with the slightly out-of-date episode. There is some, you know, uh, in-date stuff there too. Nothing about price. Nothing about a lot of things. Um, Yeah. Although Microsoft have committed to November. Yes. Which is a start. (laughs) Sometime in November. It seems like, I mean, obviously the world situation is playing its part here. 
but Sony and Microsoft seem to be playing a game of who can release the least amount of news building they're, up they're to playing, a big console release. They're playing chicken right now, and it's getting really infuriating, I have to say. And not wanting to make a misstep, which yeah. has happened a few times already. But it, I mean, if they wait any longer, they'll be fucking shadow-dropping consoles. <laughs> It was in Gary's last week, you fools. You could have bought it ages ago. (laughs) Yeah. It's just still all a little bit weird. And it's also to do with Xbox Series S, which has had so many mentions now in manuals and things that it clearly should have been announced already, but they haven't yet. Which is again interesting. I mean, it's it's getting to the point where actually we're getting more concrete rumors about a Switch Pro next year <laughs> than we know about the consoles that are coming out in less than two months' time. Yeah. So it's been a month since the big. We did last time we did one. It had just been the Xbox show. Yeah, it, it was. It was called the slightly disappointing Xbox ed- ed- edition. Had Halo actually been delayed at that point? I don't think it had. I don't know if it had. Yeah, I think you're right. So Halo's been delayed. That's news. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, they don't have anything to launch on the Xbox of their own. No. Do they? Um, No. They've got enhanced versions of other stuff. I mean, I say there's been a trickle of information... They tweeted a little thing the other day about backward compatibility and a couple mm-hmm. had, had a couple of screenshots of Gears of War. And it's kind of like, what? <laughs> what Xbox does in terms of backwards compatibility is fantastic. And what they're planning to do with Xbox Series X is yeah. taking it again to another level. They're retro-adding HDR. They're allowing for doubling of frame rates and things like that to really enhance stuff. But that should be in addition to other stuff, new stuff. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not planning own. on paying what 500 quid plus, let's say, to play Gears of One. It, it was Gears of War recent five, I think. Right. But, okay. Um, which is getting an enhanced version, but it's just odd. The approach yeah. they're taking, it just doesn't seem to be well thought out and sort of a build-up, or they're just really slowly building up. People keep waiting for big information blowouts, and they're, they're not really coming. We're getting trickles. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, and yeah, you know, COVID is definitely partially responsible. Uh, it's not entirely responsible, though. No. There's, there's just some weird weird shit going on just now with both of those companies and to a lesser extent nintendo nintendo just kind of effectively i mean they basically announced a mario 35th anniversary bonanza with like loads of mario games in one uh collection uh, let's not talk about the fact that it's limited edition fuck you nintendo <laughs> and um We've run out of digital copies. <laughs> yeah, uh, but then they said it's out in two weeks. Now that it looks, it the evidence there is that they were going to announce that in April. Um, there's there's all sorts of like documentation that's kind of popping up, which is pointing to the idea that they, this was ready to go that long ago. 
So, and yeah, that would, could well be COVID related, but they, they're all kind of playing this weird game at the moment. And it seems, it's just infuriating. I mean, I'm at the stage of life where, you know, I know I'm probably, if I can get get there faster than the scalpers, I'll, I'll have a PS5. Yeah. But for a lot of people, you know, budgeting for this shit is important. And it's, uh, it, it really doesn't seem fair that, you know, we're, this close to the launch and we know next to nothing about price Uh, or actually how long so waiting on sony and microsoft to have another show there was rumors. do we have info about that well there was strong rumors that sony were going to go for the end of this week so then september Mm. the 9th which was is um 25th anniversary of the original ps1 in the u.s so it's 25th anniversary in Japan last year. US, September the 9th, it seemed like a great date to hit. Uh, but people were expecting it to be announced that they were going to have something this Friday or this Thursday and Wednesday. <laughs> oh, don't know what day it is. <laughs> um, last week, and no announcement yeah. came from. And then today on the PlayStation blog, they said for the next couple of days, we're going to be talking about PSVR. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then specifically said, so don't expect any PlayStation 5 news. Oh, for Pete's sake. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's kind of talk that they are playing cat and mouse on the pricing. But mm. I can't see there'd be that much in it. I, think I, don't, so- I, I honestly, now that Halo's cancelled, not cancelled, delayed significantly, yeah. Sony don't have to try on price. No, that's why I'm thinking they, they could uh, they could be 100 quid more expensive than the Xbox Series X and still sell out. Yeah, that, all they need is Demon Souls close to launch. <laughs> we'll be there. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. I mean, I you know, even... So we're probably going to jump onto this anyway, but the Ratchet and Clank demo at Game, Gamescom, that's a launch title as well, isn't it? Um, I think it's launch, launch window. Launch window. I hate that phrase, but yeah. But I think that's, yeah, that's going to be, because of the current situation, that's going to be the case for a few games. Yeah. Um, they won't necessarily be able to plan things as as well as they'd like. But I think Ratchet and Clank meant to be launch window. Demon Souls meant to be launch window. Um, Spider Man is also launch window or launch. Um, you'd hope that you'd hope that more than one of them is actually launch day. Yes. <laughs> the other one that that's rumored to be launch window is Gran Turismo Seven, which would be I'd be really yeah. <laughs> I'd be very impressed if they managed it because. Bon- Digital Ball are funny, are not the speediest of developers, shall we say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're, no, they're not. I mean, it, I, I don't know. It does have some credence. So GT Sport was definitely a halfway game. It was it was a stopgap. Yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, it, it kind of grew into something much bigger than that, but... It was meant. It's not like a numbered edition. So, how long has it been since six? Six was right at the end of last gen, wasn't it? Yeah. So what, seven five years? years? Seven. Seven. Seven years. Jesus. Seven years. Yeah, it's been another seven-year generation. Yeah. So, I think 
that isn't that's not necessarily impossible because it has been a long time since a numbered uh, edition. They were meant to have done a lot of stuff on Gran Turismo Sport that should be more easily portable. So yeah. cars done in more detail than was necessary. Um, yeah. Similarly with tracks, I think, and the engine updated so that it could be used a lot. I don't know. It's possible. I think it, well, it's only closer than Forza, <laughs> which <laughs> is an early development. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so if we if we move on to the Ratchet and Clank actual demo, that was incredibly yeah. impressive. And they, they were, I think they went to great pains to yes. say this is actually running on a PS5. Similar to how just prior to the PS5 reveal back in April-ish, the sort of uh, the um, GDC talk mm-hmm. that Mark Sony gave, Xbox knew about the design and were picking up fixed frequencies on their box. And I think Sony knows that Microsoft have a bit of trouble displaying anything at all running on Xbox Series X. And so they're making quite a big thing <laughs> of everything being running on PS5. Yeah. Like the, the presentation they did just before the Xbox One, they chucked or delayed some announcements from there because they had a stipulation that everything had to be running on a PS5. PS5 dev kit and if stuff couldn't be running on it then it wasn't going to make it to that presentation so um yeah um but it it yeah Ratchet and Clank it was it just looks lovely yeah well it's just, just the kind of the constant instant load into a new world through portals it, yeah. they, I mean they went really heavy on that feature uh in that demo and it just looked utterly mind-blowing uh, you know, and it's probably you know we'll look back on it in five years' time, and and you know be wondering why we were so excited by it because it's going to be an everyday thing, instant loading. But right now, um, you know, I, I it's one of the bad things about the Marvel Adve- Avengers game is loading times are incredibly long, and it's you know I'm really looking forward to both getting rid of that and also fan noise. Um, that those two things. Yes. Can't come soon enough Hopefully for me. PS5 lives up to Mark Cerny's claims and is actually quiet this time. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, that's, I know that my wife, Rachel, she now makes a conscious decision not to play uh, story games on the PS4 because yeah. she has trouble hearing what they're saying. And it's, you know, it's a, it was a daft decision they made in terms of cheaping out on the cooling like they did. So, yeah, that was annoying right um what else was there at gamescom that was exciting well four guys four guys yes sorry uh, i was gonna say there was the big exciting opening night with jeff Keeley. yeah where well it, it started off really badly um and it and i was like oh here we are it's mountain Dew Je- uh, jeff Keeley." uh <laughs> But it kind of got better uh, as as the evening went on. It wasn't a complete disaster. <laughs> there was a couple of interesting. There was one really interesting uh, game which looked like it was like I think it, it's called, is it called Hood? 
Yes. Uh, um, and that's PvPVE. <laughs> and that looks really interesting. They showed some, I think they showed some more Godfall. And that's still looking intriguing to me. I can't remember what else they showed. So it wasn't a particularly memorable night. But it, there was just lots of kind of little titles. Um, there was what, there was one kind of time traveling, you kind of loop back every 12 minutes or something like that uh, game, which I like the look of. Um, but yeah, I can't, I can't remember. Nothing else really stuck out, I have to admit. But I think part of that is because it's just been a steady onslaught of announcements for, what, four months? Yeah. And after a while, you just get saturated. Sounds like, you know, total first world problem, but it, it you do. You kind of, like, I, I, I know I've missed, like, a, about half the game's news over the last four months, not because I haven't been paying attention, because there's just been an overflow of it, and I, I, you just can't kind of take it all in. It's been massive. Do you think that's partly because how E3 ended up this year, that... Things rather than a massive amount of announcements in a couple of days, we've had loads of announcements spread over four months and more. <laughs> um, I, I, do you prefer it this way or the old E3 way? Um, I kind of like the anticipation of E3 that you know you're going to get some big announcements then. I like the kind of celebration aspect of it and i i kind of like the whole sony like to do it at two o'clock in the morning yeah so i would have to take the day off for the next day <laughs> <laughs> and stay up till what, at least four yeah it makes it, it would make an occasion you know and yeah. I, and I, the anticipation of that was was something else and i kind of missed that i have to say i i always prefer to e3 as game of christmas i'm not sure though that I I think they were probably dead within the next couple of years anyway. I don't yeah. think that the way they were going it would have secured their future at all. I think the Gamescom is looking to take their place and or looking like they're going to take their place, I should say. I, I think that that's where the festival will be from now on. Uh, hopefully, I hope that Gamescom becomes a, a proper celebration of gaming because we kind of need that. We need our, I don't know, our our equivalent of the film festivals and the award ceremonies and things. I think it seems a bit better placed in the year for when a lot of titles are targeted as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it's a really good time to do it because that's traditionally, traditionally the lull is just about, you know, in terms of releases is when Gamescom would happen. Yeah. So it gives you that point in the in the year to all focus on, look forward to, you know, the rest of the year. It is like Game of Christmas, you know, and, and I do like that. So, yeah. On the other hand, though, the one of the things I used to get frustrated with E3 was um, not necessarily with E3 itself. It was with the way all the big sites covered the same, I don't know, eight big announcements. And none of them really covered anything interesting that was going on deep in the indie scene. Fall Guys. I discovered Fall Guys, uh, I don't know, a year or two ago. Because, yeah. But I actively had to go and search for games that were not 
in the mainstream coverage. Nobody was talking about it. And it's, it's that kind of thing, I think, has had a much better chance of decent coverage this year. Yeah. Because it's been much more spread out. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I, I mean, I do feel oversaturated with gaming news now, though. And I guess we're <laughs> contributing to it. Uh, it's, it's also, well, <laughs> I would say it should also be because this year is new generation. But um, Yeah, that's true. We've already discussed that the the actual amount of stuff coming out about that is not maybe where it should be. There was one thing yeah. we did miss from Next Gen was that we got a little look at the new user interface for Xbox Series X or what will be Xbox interface as well. So Oh, I didn't watch that, actually. It, well, you say watch, you could have done it with screenshots. Oh, really? <laughs> there was lots of people chatting about it and there was a guy who looked like Frodo um, <laughs> <laughs> but the actual this is what the interface looks like was a for the most part static screens oh, for fun. which you know in what we've already been discussing shouldn't really be a big surprise it's just bizarre yeah. Change-wise, it looks like it's very much um, an evolution of existing stuff. They were already well on their way to it. Yeah. They've started curving out the corners of stuff rather than um, very angular square ones um, and animated backgrounds. Yay. So sort of themes. <laughs> I know. Let's make blades. <laughs> Uh, they did kind of do mini. Well, that the guide has become a sort of mini blades. Has it? Yeah, it is kind uh-huh. of. <laughs> but yeah, everything's become more vertical or horizontal. Yeah, <laughs> you up and down. <laughs> cool. Right. Well, shall we move on? Because we're getting close yes. to, well, we're over an hour, but by the time I've cut our coughing fits and <laughs> pauses, probably be under an hour. So let's do what's coming soon. Coming soon. More information about next gen, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. We might learn prices or release dates. Yeah. I mean, I've done a video... Uh, which, you know, for which I've already eaten humble pie, (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, which covers a a bit of this month, about five games. So it's worth checking our channel on YouTube for that. But what have we got? Stuff that's already out, like Marvel Avengers, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, which you've already covered. Spelunky 2. Yeah, I'm interested to try that. Yeah, I, I I had so much fun with the original with my daughter that that's that's a definite on the that's on the fifteenth. That was one of the early games that my kids used to watch me play, and ask that I would play so they could watch. Right, in a, okay. let's watch Daddy die in hilarious ways, <laughs> kind of way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a good family game, and yeah. they're they're doubling down on the whole co-op 
side of things with with this version. It, it looks lovely. Pacer. Now, I hadn't tweaked this, but Pacer used to be Formula Fusion. Uh, okay. And Formula Fusion is spiritual successor to the Wipeout games. It's made, I th- believe, by some of the team who were on the the wipe who made the wipeout games they're the most recent wipeout games before it, the team got disbanded by sony lest we forget yes so uh that looks interesting it looks very very wipeout it looks very very good uh and that's on september the 17th so that could be a bit of a surprise uh i do suspect what else have we got here Baldur's gate 3 is coming at the end of september oh yes I've always been tempted by the Baldur's Gate remakes or yeah. sort of versions. So there's Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 and there's Icewind Dale and what's the other one? Torment? Yes. And also Neverwinter Nights. Yeah. Um, available. The prices have stayed very high on those for what I've Yeah, been. they have. Uh, the Baldur's Gate 3 looks good. I mean, it's by the guys who did Divinity Original Sin, so those games are spectacular. They're really, really well done. Um, this one, it looks like it's got a better camera, um, you know, among other things. But the camera was the one thing I didn't like about Divinity Original Sin. Uh, I know Rachel complained about it a lot. You couldn't zoom in enough to see really what was going on. Um, yeah. Whereas it looks like you can go right onto the shoulder of your character with Baldur's Gate 3. So I'm quite tempted by that. Also, Mafia Definitive Edition, which is, uh, I've always felt that the original Mafia game is the best of the trilogy. Uh, but now they've remade it in the engine from Mafia 3. And it just looks amazing to me. I, I loved the original Mafia. So, again, you know, having a remake where. It looks like you remember it and you know you don't have to hurt your eyes by looking at the game <laughs> that you actually played. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. So that's I just have that in front of me. September the twenty-fifth. And then an another interesting one, and this is on PC and Stadia. Um <laughs> sorry. <laughs> there's been a couple on Stadia that we've been talking about. Mafia's well, looking Stadia. through the list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they need to keep their head down just now, I think, uh, and just get on with it. Yeah, Serious Sam 4, if you've got any kind of uh, memories of Serious Sam, is probably one that's worth having a look at, because that looks like it, it could be fun. Fully upgraded, looks like Serious Sam 4, done in the style of, like, I don't know, the modern-day Doom remakes. Yeah. Um, yeah so, so that could be... A lot of fun as well. But for me, the main ones are Spelunky, Pacer, and Mafia. I think those are the ones I'm probably going to go for this month. Hopefully I'm going to carry on working my way through my little game backlog, <laughs> ready for an eventual release of Next Generation. You never know, it might happen this year. Well, I keep on seeing people tweeting, it's, ha- it's going to happen this week, isn't it? And you're like... <laughs> Just don't know. <laughs> Can't predict. So that's that. Thank you for 
listening to our nonsense. We'll try and be back in about a month's time. I don't think we'll be quite so fatigued with gaming news by then. Will we? Maybe we no, will. I don't know. We'll have so much, so much exciting news next time. <laughs> and yeah, if you fancy a laugh, tune in. Uh, I mean, we're recording this on a Monday night, so we're not doing Neo tonight. But most Monday nights from about nine o'clock, we're streaming our bumbling around Neo 2 on Twitch. Um, and it is very much bumbling. How <laughs> to accidentally complete levels in Neo. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, so we're on Twitch. I occasionally still put out videos, although I'm, uh, it, my video recording rate has gone down considerably, but I'm still trying to put out a couple of months. And yeah, thanks for listening to our nonsense. And goodbye. Bye. podcast was produced by Dan Densley and edited by Christy McPherson and it was presented by both of those idiots and our excellent new theme tune is La Calahora by Roll Music. It was made available via Creative Commons license on freemusicarchive.org slash music forward slash music and for this particular episode, I'd just like to thank Music Vision 31 for his record scratch sound effect made available on freesound.org.